0: see all the junk we stash behind the curtain there is no word i know in this world that rhymes with curtain i'm fairly
1: certain hello everybody welcome back to another behind the curtain another interview uh today uh, I have the distinct pleasure of interviewing B from the, is it the, the Wild River? Is that how you pronounce it? Wild Revere. Wild Revere. Wild Revere. And that is a, that's a game system that you're creating as well as a show that's showcasing that game, correct? Yeah, Created. It is all done. <clears throat> okay. Very cool, very cool. Um, I would like to start the interview with some uh, some lightning round questions. I always do this with all my guests just to kind of break the ice and let people get to know you in a fun, uh, silly manner. So I've got mm-hmm. a few questions for you. I'll just start firing them off. Uh, the first question I have is, what is your favorite meal? Um, tough.
0: Um, probably... I, I just like pizza,
1: so let's go with that. Pizza? What what kind mm-hmm. of toppings do you like on your pizza? Sausage. Sausage? Mm-hmm. Very nice. Okay. Are you, a, are you a red sauce or a white sauce? Red. Red sauce, okay. Uh, my next question is, how do you feel about chinchillas? Good. They're good. good. You like chinchillas? They're cute. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I have no problems with that. <laughs> and then the last lightning round question is, what is, in your opinion, the best candle scent. Uh lavender. lavender. Okay, very nice. Uh we'll move right into things. I'd like to give you a minute to just introduce yourself, let us know who you are, uh what you like about uh tabletop ge- RPGs and how long you've been in the scene. Uh mm-hmm. and, and then and then oh, in, in the same vein, how long you've been playing the the tabletop RPGs. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm Vee, I am 21, I've been in the TTRPG scene for about two to three years now, uh, working on Wilderveer. Our one-year anniversary is coming up next month! Um, oh, congratulations! Um, thank you! Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of that, we were in the Frostwalker. I made the Frostwalkers podcast, a 5e TTRPG podcast. Um, that campaign went for a year. Uh, it's kind of on hiatus while we. Plan what to do next.
1: Okay. Um, did you say you made that one as well? Yep. Started from scratch. Have my Dang players. You nice. did one. It was very fun. Whole and you were long. you were the GM in that one as yes. well? Yes, I was. Cool. Very cool.
0: Uh, and then over that summer, when the first campaign was done, I started making Wilderveer just for fun. And um, it's a free MDTTRPG. All of the material can be found through a Google Drive link or uh, pay what you want on itch because uh, we do take. In that regard, mm-hmm. we also have a Patreon where people can support our work. We have written about four to five books for the whole system at this point, with another one coming up in the mid summer.
1: Very cool. And so you've got. So I'm assuming you have the core rule book. What other books do you have uh, that are published for the for the <clears throat> system? Yes, we,
0: have, we have two adventure books: the uh, the Twisted Bog and the Frozen Throne, a Halloween and winter holiday themed story. Uh, those two are. Those to introduce new settings, new islands for you to explore, new characters, and new races and mechanics. Uh, The Twisted Bog brings in the Shifter, uh, Goblin, and Shade, uh, which is like a shadow ghost races. Cool. And the discovery of shadow magic. Whereas the Frozen Throne brings you the Aurora Elves, which are Cryomancer Elves. uh, Okay, the Yetis and the Brownies, which are small Fey who can kind of extend and stretch themselves, very rubber hose animation style. Cool. And ice magic separates itself from water magic in the Frozen Throne. The uh, Twisted Bog is way more about small narrative quests, whereas the Frozen Throne has a much bigger scale, mm-hmm. and it's a lot more wandering around and finding certain things.
1: Okay, uh, it's a little more sandboxy in the in the bog. Yeah.
0: Yep. Cool. Uh, and finally we did some smaller expansion books this year because I wrote two major campaign books, so I decided to chill out. Yeah. Um <laughs> Wilderbeer Metro is a it's the one book that we're never gonna publish officially on Itch. It's a basically a drive exclusive book, and that's because it is a living document. Every time oh. we create a new every time we create a new setting, it gets a new metro station.
1: Cool. Which that is like really a cool. fast
0: It's a fast travel mechanic, as well as introducing some weird extra things that didn't fit anywhere else. It was a nice little scrap heap setting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we did deep seas and scalawags, which is pirates. Uh, The World Ocean has opened up. There's uh, 20 plus new sea creatures, and I learned a lot about aquatic animals (laughs) in that time. Cool. Uh, (laughs) The mechanic of the sub-race was crystallized as a full thing, so we had two new races that cared about sub-races. The, the merfolk, which splits into the siren and the, uh, I forget what the other one was called. Um, I don't know, uh, merling, I think. Yeah. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of them is, like, far more the traditional siren and the other is... Kind of like the shifter, but for aquatic.
1: Okay, um, cool, cool. And
0: there's the there's the selkie, which uh, was probably one of my favorite things because it cares about a very niche mechanic, but it was very fun to make. Mm-hmm. You get to give one of your attributes to someone else. Okay. Uh, using the seal skin of the selkie. Sorry, it was the merfolk where the siren in the ocean did. Okay. Uh, and, then it introduced two new sub races: the aquatic cobaloi, which is one of the core rule races given an axolotl deep sea twist, mm-hmm. and the deep sea lich. The lich is Ooh. a, from the metro, these skeletal people, and the deep sea lich is like living algae that connects different undead bits of bones together, and their attribute is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's ship mechanics, there's new settings, new characters, and cool treasures to find in there. Uh, those are our major books that cool. we put out.
1: Very cool. I wanted to ask you, what is the, the world like in this? What's the setting like in this it's game? Very,
0: it's a very peaceful setting. Okay. The, the exact words I wrote for it were that uh, Wildevere has made it the express purpose of fun, lighthearted escapism into a world where magic is new, everything's ready and ripe to be discovered, and people seek only the best interests of each other. The world is split up into the major islands this main island is split up into six city-states each one carries a different kind of elemental magic because sometime in the past about two generations ago an event called the awakening happened which woke up magic in the world and the once normal fantasy world just changed rapidly due to the the fact that magic took care of their problems solved their like inequities and soon the world was safe, the monsters that were once uh terrifying are now adorable. Um <laughs> instead of going around trying to slay undead lords or anything, you're traveling, genuinely traveling. Just cool. the world for what it is, visiting the elemental city states to learn new kinds of magic as well as other skills, and completing a journey hosted by the leaders of each of the city states
1: and Maybe. and that's uh and correct me if i'm wrong i listened to the first episode today That's about all i had time to listen to um but uh the the podcast itself it starts with your your adventurers and they're they're beginning that that journey is that correct
0: yep everyone okay. in old when they're old enough uh, is ready to can take their journey there there's no min, there's no like requirement to do it mm-hmm. but you can do it whenever you're ready whenever you're old enough and ready um, you could start from any of the city-states and just work your way around. Each city-state has three or four like marked spots that uh-huh. you have to complete some sort of challenge at to get a badge of sorts. Getting four badges in the city-state means you've completed the, that leg of your journey. And you just kind of make a big circle around the island and see all there is to see and learn a bunch of stuff.
1: So I'm assuming then where it's it's very lighthearted and it's just about traveling there's not any combat in it?
0: No combat in the system whatsoever.
1: Very cool. Very cool.
0: You can uh give yourself an attribute about things like uh marksman or uh polearm master if you would like to homebrew that in. Mm-hmm. But they will not they will be more about using those tools for alternative uses than
1: just fighting like like winning a carnival game or something
0: exactly yep.
1: okay very cool that's very cool it sounds like a very fun very lighthearted setting uh is it a type of game you could play with uh w- with younger kids
0: uh absolutely we have tried to keep it pretty all ages uh for this uh for this game and setting. Very um, cool. Yeah, we actually might be featured on the TTRPG Kids website at some point.
1: Oh, so that's cool. I didn't know that was a uh, thing, so that's very cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, it's a very cool thing. Um, and it and just yeah, features cool.
1: different games that, that that are younger audiences. Younger audiences. Very cool. That's very awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you real quick, what? Um, uh, can you give us a rundown on on how the mechanics work?
0: Uh,
1: is there like a spark notes for the mechanics, or is that a lo- a very loaded question? <laughs> uh there's spark notes.
0: Okay. Um, every character when they're made have uh, a racial attribute and a city state attribute because you pick where you're from and mm-hmm. what you
1: are. Okay.
0: Uh, and then, you're uh,
1: today. and then your your uh your city state is. Is based on the elemental magic that's in that, in that area. Correct.
0: Yep, but okay. there are mm-hmm. even city states also have non-magical options.
1: Okay. So if you don't
0: focus on magic in that area, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, Innovin is the city of technology, so you have tech savvy for understanding blueprints, uh, figuring out the nature of an unknown device. That could be one. Alternatively, you can lean into the magic side and harness the sparks and use electric magic from Innovan. Cool. Uh, each of the city states has an option where if you don't want to do magic, you don't need to, mm-hmm. but they also give you a magic option based on that. And you also, and when you pick your city state, it's less where you were born and where more where you were raised, where you were culturally equipped, uh, like put into most. So okay. even though you might be uh, an orc who was born in, uh, born in sorry Uh <clears> Torin, <throat> which is the nature place if you spent most of your life in sindir which is the fireplace you have the sindir attribute
1: cool because that's what we're brought
0: up yeah it's less about what you are like where you're from mm-hmm. like where you choose to
1: be from yeah know?
0: yeah but more based
1: it, on your culture and your upbringing yeah
0: exactly very and cool with and with the races their attributes are not about like D &D races where they have things like intelligence tied to them it's more about like unique forms of magic uh okay because everyone adapted differently Mm -hmm. so as a result all the races have a unique style to their magic that you can pick so the elves and eidolons because they're tied to one of the elements their thing is involving that element of so you have the Sun Elves, which are from natively from Sindir, which is the fireplace. Mm-hmm. So you can pick Touch the Blaze, where you get small jets of flame, or Keep Cool, where both physically and mentally you're able to keep a cool and level head. Cool. So, <laughs> since the Elves and Eidolons are deeply tied to elemental magic, mm-hmm. one of the options is elemental magic, but since the city-states can also give elemental magic, they're the only ones who give an option for something else, so that
1: way you don't have to double up. Okay. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, humans have adaptability where you can uh, quickly get your bearings and push forward in a foreign situation. Okay. Uh, halflings have almost there, which is an eternally positive outlook. Uh, things bother you less and you find creative, non magical solutions. <laughs> Whereas some are more obvious, like the changeling's attribute is, well, changing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. The koboldoy, the Koboloi have bad luck charm, which uh, innately causes them to get more likely to get wild magic because every time you use a magic roll uh, anything below a 15 on the d20 or at a 15 will trigger wild magic okay bad luck charm lets you keep the result of the roll so if you roll a 20 you still got a 20 mm-hmm. but you can roll a d6 to bring the 20 down oh. if you, if you want
1: of- if you want that wild magic,
0: Right, you would still get a twenty-level success if the DC was twenty. You will still get the twenty, mm-hmm. this is just if you want wild magic.
1: Okay, and what does what is wild magic? Is it similar to uh, so, like a surge, one. like in D anD D?
0: Very similar. Okay. Uh There's even tables for it and everything. Okay, very, very cool. Very, uh, yeah, so all the races as you can see it's less about like what they are societally and more like a a unique shaping of their natural abilities or talents magically speaking like the brownies have their Mm -hmm. stretchy limbs or the just things that are natively about what they can do and Mm -hmm. less about like what their culture is and once you pick those two things you then have five attribute slots which is d4 d6 d8 d10 d12
1: you know yeah okay
0: just just the five dice that exist Mm -hmm. and you pick you pick something in those we give you possible options like eye for detail rough exterior bad luck etc but like they're anything you want and you pick those five and at any point in the game if you think those would fit you can tell your dm what attribute you want to use and why and they'll allow you or not allow you, and the game goes on from there. Cool.
1: Very cool. It sounds like a very fun game. Seems like it's pretty easy to pick up as well. Mm-hmm. How, how long does it typically take to generate a character?
0: I've seen people do it in under 20 minutes.
1: Under 20 I've minutes? Seen
0: I've seen people take 10, 15 minutes to make a character.
1: Very cool. Do you, do you have it. any uh, pre-constructed characters in the, in the drive?
0: We have a lot, of, we have things called templates. So templates, we give okay. you options of the five. Okay. So we don't tell you what race, we don't tell you what city state, but we'll give you like, oh, if you want to play, yeah, like if you wanted to play a monster helper, which was someone who cares about healing and aiding the monsters of the world, uh, there's a template for that, which you can take, mismatch, etc. Cool. Um, and okay. we give you the five because that's the hardest part for people. Okay. Um, it's like, is the choice paralysis if you can do anything? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, if you want to be a mediator, we have a D12, D10, D8, D64 that fit the mediator style. Uh, and then you pick a race in class and you just, I mean, you pick a race in a set, in a location. Mm-hmm. And that's a character. If you don't like having medic and you want to rather have polearm you can do that. Mm-hmm. Or if you'd rather have eye for detail, you can do that so cool. it's a starting
1: yeah yeah just a nice starting template for people to to dip their toes in yeah. and yeah that sounds so if have, really cool
0: if you have an idea for a race and location then you pick a template you can get it done in a couple like under five minutes probably if you had ideas for it going in.
1: really cool it sounds like it'd be a great game to uh play at conventions where time yeah. is limited and people are rotating in and out of tables so quickly if you have yep. these templates already made, they could come in and you can just say, "All right, just pick the race and the and your location, and then we'll get started." Which I think is great, because uh, yeah, playing games at conventions is awesome. Have you ever done that before with this game?
0: Uh, I've not because we made it last year.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that would make um, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, Do you have hopefully. plans to? Would hopefully. you like to? Uh, okay to hopefully
0: yeah uh we care a lot about the templates so much so that every time we do a new book like Mm -hmm. twisted bog throne deep seas they've all they all add at least two more templates okay and those are usually ones that fit that new expansion's energy you know so uh in the frozen throne in this tundra setting the valen templates are like a wanderer a researcher and a resident of the tundra Whereas like in the twisted bog, which is more Halloween, more like uh ghost hunting kinda you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh in that situation, you're gonna have uh we find them uh you're gonna have templates like uh witches and okay um, just things that fit that energy a bit better,
1: yeah, yes. That sounds really cool. That that sounds like a very fun game to play and I know that that some listeners I have uh they they have kids and so I'm always trying to to find things that they can play with their kids because I've been asked that question quite a few times like how to how to run games for children and when you have a game that's made with children in mind it's a lot easier to get them to the table so I think that's really awesome. I think that's very noble of you guys <laughs> to do that. Uh, I wanted to uh, to ask you some questions, um, less about like the setting and the story, and more about um, like the the process of, of making the game itself. Um, I cool. wanted to ask you first, what inspired you to to make this?
0: Uh, it was a conversation we had about a system called Journeys Away. Uh, that I kind of liked, but there were some uh, some complications with it. Okay. There were some complications. Journeys away from what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I was just, man, if I only changed a few elements, I could get it to be exactly what I wanted to. And then I kind of rewrote some lore, and then it became the whole thing. Cool. So, That's very yeah. cool. Directly was, I was inspired by another system, yeah. and then did my own thing with it because I had some personal things I wasn't super into for my game group, and then.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I wanted to ask you what are what are a couple like really re- rewarding moments that you've had through the the process of creating this game?
0: Uh probably when I got people interested to play test the system mm-hmm. and on their streams and such, I've gotten to work with amazing people like uh Nature Check, uh uh Transplaner did a world of one shot cool. um i just was on tales from the tavern okay a lot of people have been very very cool and very open to stuff
1: that's awesome i think it's always great when 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 you get to see people enjoying something that you've worked so hard on mm-hmm. <clears throat> makes it uh ma- makes the makes the struggle worth it
0: <laughs> yeah
1: Um, Speaking of struggles, what are some of the challenges and struggles that you've run into while creating it? Just
0: having enough time to finish all the writing, honestly.
1: Okay. And then lastly, uh, what does your creative process look like, and when do you feel like you get the most work done?
0: I get the most work done when I have solid ideas, and most of my time is looking for those solid ideas, so it's a lot of sitting around and thinking about how stuff could work and interact, Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, once that stuff happens, it usually takes, depending on what I'm looking into, it, it doesn't take super long for minor things to work out, major storylines might take a minute, but like minor bits of mechanics I can usually work out within the day. Um, and then it just kind of goes into do i have the time do i have the mental energy to write it all down
1: mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense i totally uh i totally feel that sentiment as well yeah <laughs> um i wanted to talk about the uh the show as well um because the show is it, it looks like just a really nice showcase of the game um and showing people what the game's about and how to play it um And so, can you tell us a little bit about the cast that you have on, on the show right now?
0: Yeah, the whole cast is everyone who helped make the system what it was, okay. honestly. That whole crew are all writers on it, or current, or were writers, or are writers, mm-hmm. or done art for everything. Just It was a very internal thing. The people okay. who helped us make it were the people who we wanted to play with, because they had some stake. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People like Curious Little Fox, who plays OJ, is a DM for the system for other people. Midnight okay. Blue wrote a mini-expansion or a four-one-shot storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crow partner, does all the art. Um, loof and Aki are also just big helps in different places, doing different art pieces and such like that. The whole, we all kind of just, it was kind of a natural thing yeah. that we all kind of came for it
1: and you guys you guys seem to have a really great energy have you guys known each other for a while
0: I everyone there for a while they all didn't really know each other
1: okay <laughs>
0: uh, so i knew everyone in the group from one spot or another mm-hmm. and this was kind of a meeting of minds really cool
1: that's really awesome yeah it just it, when i was listening to the episode it just sounded like you guys you guys knew each other and and just got along really well. You just you guys just kind of gelled um, yeah. really well, which which was nice. Um, I wanted to ask you what are your roles on the show? Because you're the you're the DM, correct?
0: I'm the DM, and because Wilderverse is a very simple system, mm-hmm. you can't have a DM who makes a little who makes a traveler too, because there isn't stuff like action economy to worry about. So long as they're not taking over the whole role play scenes. Uh, it's actually a system that allows DMs to have a character pretty easily, cool. without taking up a lot of toes. Yeah. Um, so I play Asher. He's a sun elf. He's just kind of, just kind of a doofus. He's a young kid who has kind of read his way, way through the world, but has really no idea what to do about actually going out there. <laughs> um,
1: so he's book he's book smart, not street smart. Exactly, cool. and he has a
0: backpack backpack that is basically a bag of holding and can just fit comedically large amounts of things in it yeah and i i kind of messed with his mechanics a bit because i'm the person who wrote the game i can i can have fun with my character (laughs) Uh, of course (laughs) is, is uh is look what i found and it's basically a i have to roll a d20 I mean I have to roll a D twelve, sorry. I have to roll a D twelve and the D twenty for that attribute. If it's a high number, I pull out exactly what's needed story wise from the backpack. (laughs) If it's a low number, I pull out something that actively causes the scene to get (laughs) worse. And if it's in the middle, it's just unrelated.
1: That sounds brilliant. That sounds like a very fun, chaotic mechanic.
0: it's a great way to have Asher work because there are clutch moments where he can come in and save the day and yeah. help out uh with just as much likelihood that he can make things worse so it doesn't feel like the dm is saving your butts all the time asher is just kind of doing his own thing and it, <laughs> it, works, out. it works out asher has some storyline into him but that's because i wove in plot for all of our all the
1: travelers so cool how does the party how does the rest of the party feel about asher
0: I think they all kinda they all this whole group very quickly couldn't congealed into a found family trope so <laughs> I think even though they're all very young, they all care
1: about each other very much that's, um that's awesome <laughs> I, uh, sounds very wholesome, <laughs> that's very much the energy we're going, for. yeah, <laughs> we
0: have midnight playing scales and created who's kind of designed off of a dragon,
1: okay, so she has
0: wolves she can fly uh. And she just recently found out she's a prototype, and that her successors are big, famous, created in the world, and she never knew. And that's kind of kind of messing with her a bit. And the, the group is kind of rallying behind her. Plaque mm-hmm. uh, is another created who looks like a plague doctor. Um, and Plaque was part of a group called the Plagadroids, which are all created, made by one lady in the bog. Uh, okay. They all kind of have their look, but the Plaque is kind of Plaque is kind of their the best
1: and brightest of that crew. What do you um, mean by by created?
0: Created are a race in the game that are basically the warforged in of D and D. They're okay. robots. Except, okay. Except they are not really dealing with conflict so much as they are the they are the the world soul given life because they are a mix of machine and nature, and nature is inherently tied to magic, so their souls of sorts, if you will, what gives them their sentience comes from that latent magic mixing with the metal of their bodies. Okay. They act and are individuals. They have sapiens, they do, and they are treated as such. So, that's
1: nice. Very cool.
0: Uh, pla- uh Ori is a moon eidolon, uh, Dash Changeling, she kept her changelingness a secret for a while, uh, and now that she's been more open about it, her one of her major goals is to just copy every race that she can that she comes across <laughs> and learn how to transform into everything for basically just going Ben Ten on situations. It's great. Now, she's really,
1: is is uh, uh is the keeping it a secret uh, changelings? I've heard that before. Is that it's not, uh, it's
0: Thing that was an Ori choice, okay. That was a person,
1: okay. Ori. I was wondering if it was like a racial League. thing where, or like a cultural yeah. thing where the changelings yeah. keep it because I've heard of that in, in, in several other games where yeah. other players do they keep it a, a secret, so
0: yeah. And a lot of games do it because of like a prejudice to changelings in the world building, okay. In the world of your change are normal and accepted and just as valid as any other race. No one has a problem with changelings, mm-hmm. in fact, they think it's really cool. Uh, just more of a personal Ori choice.
1: Okay. It was okay. very
0: much her in her own head, just thinking that she
1: shouldn't do it that way. Okay, that, make, that makes sense. So, no,
0: no cultural pressure, just a personal choice. Uh-huh. Uh, O.J. is a Koboloi. She's kind of... She's just kind of the youngest of the bunch and does things that everyone else says no to, because. but I think it sounds fun, so I'm yeah. going to do it anyway. And, like... <laughs> and, Starts a lightning storm that accidentally electrocutes one of the party and everyone is <laughs> at her, but she's just like, I had fun, so yeah. I don't care, and walks away. She, she kind of <laughs> needs to learn strength and self control and impulse control. <laughs> um, and uh, OJ's weird thing is that she can do wild magic explicitly, okay, there's no you're involved like oj can channel purposely wild magic
1: wow which is not
0: not something that's written in the rules and Mm -hmm. not something that's so everyone's like fascinated by oj but also
1: (sighs) (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) for example she she insists that they take a boat a little boat that they got at the start of their journey with them the whole way 'Cause now she is sentimentally attached to the boat and the boat must end with them for the boat started with
1: them. Oh my gosh. We
0: the ravine and they were like, Well, no, we just climbed the ravine and leave the boat <laughs> and channeled her wild magic and threw the boat out the waterfall. <laughs> and then she rolled not twenty and all of us just watched as she threw the boat and then I was like, Well, okay, well then roll something else to try and see if you like make sure no one else gets affected by it. That roll is not a twenty. And so she brained a flying idol on right on the head, and then they got crushed by the boat. They were okay, but OJ was like, "Thank you for catching the boat," and grabbed the boat and walked away. <laughs> and everyone else was like rushing to this butane. Yeah. In <laughs> OJ's head, like in OJ's head, everyone abides by cartoon physics. Okay.
1: <laughs> I did get that no. vibe in the first episode yeah. when she ran it, through it the spinning of- door. and the the glass i thought that was great too (laughs) yeah og thinks
0: everyone can do things that she can do they They really (laughs) can't yeah (laughs) Rhodes is a stone eidolon who's kind of a from a noble kind of like wealthier family and so he he kind of had the rich kid in a in the desert kind of energy for a bit but he's slowly grown out of being sheltered about it and it's more of just like the team dad who's just really tired of everyone's shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wants to, take a, wants to take a nap, and also he's 16. Like, like, he's a teenager trying to be a dad. It's really funny.
1: <laughs> well, that sounds really awesome. How many episodes do you have at this point?
0: 13. 13? With, uh, with another one coming out, I believe, a week from now. We try to release every other Wednesday. Okay. So uh and for a little bit for a couple months we did a we took a bit of a break because just it was towards finals and everything Mm -hmm. we just couldn't make the time yeah but we instead did was post a lot of one shots and guest sessions but we're finally getting back into the swing we're finally getting back into the story and uh we have a fresh slate of episodes ready to go out it's super exciting.
1: Very cool. Um, the guest sessions. I I was when I was scrolling through the episode list. Those seemed really great as well. Um, it uh, how is it just is it just a, a guest that comes on or is it is it like someone else running it like you said earlier?
0: Uh, I usually run the guest sessions, okay. but sometimes it might be crow. Sometimes it might someone from our crew. Okay. Uh,
1: sometimes
0: it might be crow. Sometimes it might be uh, fox, but sometimes it's me. Um and the guest sessions really kicked in at around uh I think episode twelve. So what we started doing I uh, sorry, episode eleven. So what we wanna do what we started doing is that it'll be major release, full story progressing episode, and then a guest star episode in the off week. Okay. So it'll be uh a game we've run with a different podcast, crew with a different like writing team or something. Okay. Uh usually there are other shows you can go watch afterwards um and so we had a uh, re-roll expectations we've had shrike tabletop um we had inspirals we had nat 20 productions final plank media uh we had half and failed crits on uh from afar mm-hmm. so there was just a lot a lot of really cool names yeah
1: um, yeah i definitely recognize a few of those so, very
0: yeah. cool people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've uh, had a lot of people in the last year try our system and have a lot of fun. Though. It makes me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and the, but we're, like I said, we're going back to the main story. We released a 33 minute solo episode last week, uh, which was just plaque. Just plaque. Okay. Um, and we saw, as of episode 11, he went off alone into the desert to seek out his lost pet. And we answer what he did how he found his pet and what happened after that reconnects him into the plot. Cool. Um, yeah.
1: Those are always so, fu- very fun. Cause they don't, they don't have like a, a huge impact on the overall story, but it's always a nice, it's always a nice time to, to get a look into a specific character uh, in a, in a deeper way.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite episode, if you were to listen to one, mm-hmm. uh, because, because of the way the story works it's pretty easy to jump into any episode without much context. Okay. But, because it's very episodic. Okay. I'd highly recommend listening to it altogether because certain things make more sense, certain jokes land a lot harder. Yeah. Um. And honestly, I think the character growth is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that so far in the 13 episodes, there have been little mini-arcs. Okay. Uh, First like three episodes being in Inovan and the kids setting off on their journey. Uh an episode four and five just being like exploring the first city state of Oa. Uh six and seven do a little character-focused duo about Ori, and this is when she kind of comes into her own about being a changeling. Mm-hmm. Um nine kind of picks up where that leaves off with Ori. Uh, learning how to fly in her sky Eidolon form with the help of scales being the focus. Um, I mean a nine is probably my favorite episode. Nine is a scale centric episode, okay? Uh, we meet one of those prodigious uh, created that are her uh, descendancy, I guess you could say mm-hmm. uh, the dragon created she that came after her.
1: okay. um
0: she finally gets to meet her youngest brother and he's a dick he's the worst <laughs> yeah. sandblast was the worst um, minor i don't want to spoil everything but um sandblast is the youngest of a group of people of created who are now like hollywood-esque
1: famous okay
0: and as the youngest he never had to like earn it he okay. kind of just created into it built into it yeah and something's definitely gotten into his head uh yeah. And he is of the mind that if Scales was found out, his spot on the team might dwindle in favor of Scales. So he is eager to put her down a peg. Um,
1: Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh,
0: how the party reacts to that, what they do to stop him, and uh, the the sweet, sweet paybacks are, are all all yours to uncover in that episode um 10 is a bit of a side detour where they just are alone in the desert and hang out 11 is them doing our first one shot we wrote a one shot called crustal run early into our time and we did a modified version of it in episode
1: 11 which was fun cool and you Uh, did and you fit it into the you fit it
0: into the plot because crustal run is set in is set right outside of oa in a crustal ranch and so as they made it right to the main city of Ella, there was the Crest Orange.
1: Cool, very cool. I love when I love when you're when when people are able to do that. Uh, yeah. In in any system, really, when you can, when you can put a a module or a one shot or something in into a a much bigger adventure, it kind yeah. of uh, uh. Not really like a filler episode. I don't want to say that because it's not really filler, but uh.
0: It makes it, it for a travel story, things like that make it feel like you're actually going on a journey.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, it. exactly.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, what's fun is our first guest star session is right after Buck Wild, which is Crustle Run with Re-World Expectations. So you could hear another group, uh, take on the very same set of challenges. Okay. But take
1: it their way. Very cool. And I, I was, I was talking to someone about that recently about how it's always fun with with tabletop RPGs because you can have two uh two groups going through the same adventure but they end up doing things completely different and they might have different outcomes or different reactions to the same events which is always really fun to see. Um I I uh I don't have any other other questions for you tonight but I just wanted to thank you for for joining me for this interview. I had a lot of fun. Getting to know no you problem. and getting to know your your very fun sounding, very creative sounding game, um, I think I think it sounds like a blast. And like I said, very uh, very uh, uh, kid oriented, kid friendly is is always nice for for me and and my family to hear about. So so I definitely appreciate that as well. I wanted to wrap up but um and and you you did it briefly with the with the podcast. Are there any other um, social plugs that you that you want to to shout out yeah. real quick?
0: We're on Twitter at, at Wilderbeer. Uh just exactly how it looks on all the covers and everything. That's exactly where you find us. We have a Discord server. I'm going to be honest with you, that's probably the best place to hang out with us. It's okay. a very big server. We have uh, we're starting up server games. We tell people what's going on in the game and updates there first. Sometimes I might even do writing streams there. I've been considering taking the writing streams on the road, maybe to Twitch or something. But Mm -hmm. for now, just because of my own mental comfort, uh, it's just server only at the moment. Okay. Um, uh, We'll do listening parties. So whenever a new episode comes out, we'll... uh, A new mainline episode. I didn't want to do them every Wednesday for people, you know. Yeah. Uh, So when the new Mainline episode comes out, we'll listen that night to the episode uh,
1: with people there. Oh, so you have Um, a a listen party in Discord. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Very fun. (laughs) We
0: we do other stuff. There's daily questions about, like, character building and things. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're – tomorrow is – well, a little late for the audience, but we (laughs) – uh, as May twenty fifth would be the last day of a contest we were hosting in the server and on Twitter, uh, where you could make an NPC who will show up in the Wilderverse Summer Camp. Uh, all of the people who submitted NPCs are gonna have them mentioned in the book. They're all gonna be like names and lists, you know.
1: Cool. Yeah. Two of,
0: them, two of them will get uh a ref by our artist who did the art for the main book, and their characters will look in that style.
1: Cool. That's awesome. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, do you have any yeah. up other upcoming projects?
0: Uh, we have the the summer camp book, which I kind of spoiled. Yeah. I um, <laughs> think that's going to be hopefully in time for our one year anniversary. Uh, so, like mid to late June, um, hopefully, fingers crossed. We have a we're kind of we're kind of holding our breath right now mm-hmm. and planning in the background, so that way, come the anniversary, we can do a lot. You know. There's yeah. a lot of things we've, we've dreamed of doing that we might be able to make happen in time for the anniversary or that month or
1: that space. So stay well, tuned cool. for that. And I'll make sure to link everything in the description of the episode for anybody listening to this. If you want to check out uh, their Patreon, their Twitter, their uh, their Discord server, especially, because that sounds like a real happening place. So
0: <laughs> Yes, it's very active.
1: Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. Uh this no has been a, a delight. And I wish you uh the best of luck with everything that you have coming up and then uh once again congratulations on one year. I think that's that's phenomenal.
0: Thank you very much. I was happy to be here.
1: And I, we will see you guys in the next episode. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah.
0: Come with me, and you'll see All the junk
1: we stash behind the curtain,
0: there is no word I know. In this world that rhymes with curtain, I'm fairly certain.